What's up, guys? Coach Mike here with the Fit Source. And if you're listening today, you know what it is. It's the lightning round edition of the Fit Source podcast. Coach Ed just mowed on some late January, some mid January pineapple. How was it? Seasonal. Well, did you? I don't know if you know this. If, if, if you're a Kiwi fan out there, Kiwis are in session or are in uh, are in season right now. So if you're a Kiwi fan, fantastic. One of my favorite fruits. Um, January, you wouldn't think because it seems so tropical in both flavor and color. But January is the is the time of year. I guess it's because it maybe is predominantly grown below the equator. Some call it the month of the Kiwi. You heard it here first. If there was anything that you can walk away with right now that will give you street cred, know that January is the month of the Kiwi. If you don't know how the lightning round of uh, episode of the Fit Source podcast works, it starts with banter. Then we go into a member question. We have a clip from one of our recent trainers meetings. And then we have a new segment today that we're calling You're Wrong About. So we're going to talk about how you're wrong that fitness is the solution. So let's get into the first segment. This question comes from one of our members. We were talking about, we've been talking a lot about technology. And so uh, I was trying to help them, you know, figure out what's the best place to go. And I asked them if they would be comfortable getting Aura Ring, Apple Watch, the Fitbit. And they said that they don't like to have any tech on their skin. So the question from the member was, if I don't want to wear tech, can we still get insight into our readiness? So Coach Ed, what would your recommendation be for a person who doesn't want to wear tech, but still wants to get an idea of if they're moving towards optimal? Whether you want to wear tech or not, I think you have to take into account the subjective signs of stress. So we keep talking about Dr. Jade Tita. That's not going to change anytime soon. Uh, Schmeck, sleep, hunger, energy, mood, cravings. Uh, those would be the big ones. Uh, Ali Gilbert tends to add libido to that, which I agree with. And then we've been kind of separating and talking about immune system as well as, uh, as, well as just any, any gut issues. So if you, whether you're tracking with or a ring or other technology or not, I think we need to know this stuff. And it doesn't mean that it, it just, it, has it changed or not? And having one day where you have some GI stuff happen, okay, well, I just ate some pineapple. What if it was expired? You know, like, but when you're looking for trends here with everything. So if you notice your mood, you notice your energy, cravings, things like that start to go off. That's a sign that we need to look a little deeper. So whether you track or not, that would be the, the primary answer. And then get as close as you can get. Just gather data. And, you know, with sleep, you can have a notebook by your bed. No technology there. Well, I guess that is technically technology, like a pen or a pencil. Use charcoal, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, but you can just write down when you wake up, just write down approximately when you think you went to sleep, when you woke up and rate your sleep one through three, one being horrible to being decent three being great and that's still tracking so i i think just because you don't want to wear technology i guess the number one piece of advice is don't poo poo the sounds different when you poo poo versus poo poo 
just throwing that out there. But don't uh, don't downplay the uh, effectiveness of gathering information in the lanes that the technology would have gathered information. Yeah. So some some cool things to pull away from that. I think the first big, obviously, first big thing is what are those subjective measurements? So again, uh, you know, we are really trying to honor the idea of the lightning round. So uh, if you didn't catch it the first time, schmeck, sleep, hunger, mood, energy, cravings, libido, and then GI stuff sometimes, GI and uh, immune health and just feeling. So that would be the first thing to take away from that. Second thing I would say is when Ed was talking and he, he jumped into it, I was about to raise the finger and say, I have something to say. Um, the other thing to take away was don't take one day as a sign that you're, that things are going South or that something's not working. Allow yourself some time to see a trend. Um, and, uh, I liked what Ed said there with the rating system too, one to three, just, you know, where, where do you fall on that scale today? I even, um, especially for energy, I would also recommend doing it maybe throughout the day. If you can mentally handle that, like see how you feel when you wake up, see how you feel, um, you know, maybe going towards lunch, maybe a, an hour or two after lunch. And then maybe, you know, before you go to bed or something like that to kind of reflect on the day, maybe an overall score of how you felt. Um, and one, one last thing I'll say if, so we're talking about not having tech on the skin, but one of the cool things that this member did say that they would be willing to potentially try is a blood pressure cuff. So if we're talking about optimization, one of the other things that we uh, obviously can't have a subjective measure for is blood pressure. And um, so they said, since you're only wearing it for a short amount of time while you're taking the reading, they would be comfortable getting a, potentially getting a blood pressure cuff. So if we don't like to have tech, but you still want to have some scores for readiness and how my body's doing, uh, we recommend the Withings, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S blood pressure cuff. And um, it's like a hundred bucks. It Bluetooths to your phone um, and from all the people that have tried it in our community, everybody seems to really enjoy it. It's like, it's really fun. You can wear it all the time if you want, like wear it as like a- On your, on your head. As a sign. Yeah, you. Well, what you do is you put the iPad, the iPad, uh, your iPod, because you still have an iPod. Uh, you put that on one arm and then you put the Y things one on the other arm and you you walk in the mall. With a, with a matching sweatsuit with your friend. Yeah, you probably don't have a friend. If you, <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> no. Second part of the lightning round episode of the podcast is we're going to get into a clip from a recent trainers meeting. And so we just made a wholesale change on our training delivery process. So we used to have more of an instructor led class um, that we have all kinds of justifications why it was awesome. But we have all other kinds of different justifications for why we went to this new style, which is a, an individualized program, not just a workout, letter, but a program. It's going to stretch out over a few months. Um, and so we were talking about it in our trainers meeting, and we were talking about the difference between um, strength training and fat loss and where some of the differences really come into play. Muscle gain doesn't happen by accident. 
you can get a very little bit by a change in your stimulus in terms of your training and your training input, but you don't gain significant muscle without significantly changing the calories because he had a different goal. And I believe I started his overall goal was strength. And I believe I put him in our hypertrophy program. And just in case it said, said it on there, I didn't want him to get confused. I said, let's schedule a strategy session and chat. So you understand why we started you here. I did not lose sight of your overall goal. Right. But when it comes to fat loss and hypertrophy, it's no different. So I did edit out the client's information out of that clip, but you get the general idea. So, Ed, what's the kind of rationale behind that clip? I think people are, I mean, there's a few different ways we can go, but I think people are afraid of gaining too much muscle. You get like two sides of it and keep in mind, it's not like it used to be. Cause I think like the idea that resistance training should be a part of your fitness regimen is very different than it was 10, 15 years ago, but still you still get the people. I don't, you know, the common thing you'll hear from women is they don't want to get too bulky. And the thing you hear from men is way more hilarious. I'm I've literally never had someone say someone else. Everyone says, you know, like, I don't mind if I had a little muscle, but I don't want to look like Arnold. It's like, you just named the greatest bodybuilder in history. Like you're not, I, I promise I am good. I promise you, you will not look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I will bet all of my children's lives on that. I guarantee it won't happen. So like, I think people have this fear of getting, gaining too much muscle. Gaining muscle takes a lot of work. Now, can you drop fat and gain muscle at the same time? Yes, with the right program. If you're in an eat more, train more toggle and you have enough accumulation of skill that you can train the right way. Like my program right now, it's a two-second eccentric, two-second concentric. So in other words, two seconds down, two seconds up. I never finish a rep on my primary lift. So in other words, continuous squatting with no rest and like, and then just a very dense program, a lower body day and upper body day, eating the calories I'm eating and doing this program. That's very specifically meant to have more time under tension and to, to prioritize muscle gain. I'm still not going to get bulky in this short period of time. So when we say it like this, we're not judging the fact that people come in with this information because they're sold all this bullshit that you train this way for long and lean muscles. The way you have a long and lean muscle is by having long bones. Like, unless you're going to get some sort of like radical bone surgery to elongate your, your humerus and your femur, I bet you it's not going to actually be a concern or something that's achievable. So, but it's not your fault because it's very credible uh, resources will still use that wording from a marketing standpoint. So we talked about uh, calories a little bit in the clip. So can we go into calories and maybe like, let's say somebody does want to uh, build muscle. What are some of the training techniques and things that need to go into that? Some of the minutiae that people might not know about, but that's important for them to understand. So from a calorie standpoint, my go-to is going to be putting people in either a three or 500 calorie surplus if they're um, looking to gain muscle. If you think of like just calories in, calories out, I understand it's not that simple. I understand there's hormones. I understand there's other recovery techniques that matter and your overall state of readiness matters, but calories in, calories out is still a thing. If you want to add tissue to your body, 
you need to take in more calories than you burn. If you want to add specifically muscle, and when you say lean muscle, what that really generally means to people is muscle without a bunch of extra sloppy fat. The only way to do that is to eat really clean from the nutrition side, at least to eat really clean. It's pretty much just as clean as you would if you're trying to drop fat, but bump the calories up. So in a fat loss protocol, your calories might be 700 calories, a thousand calories higher in the muscle gain protocol, but relative to your maintenance, three to 500 calorie surplus would be where we would start people whose primary goal is muscle gain. And if you're trying to start that process, I can't tell you what to do. Like if you don't want to drop fat, I'm not telling you, you need to drop fat. But if your goal is both, if your goal is to lose fat and gain muscle from an emotional standpoint, I would recommend you lose at least some of the fat first, because if you weigh X amount and you don't want to see that weight go up, but you go straight into a specifically hypertrophy muscle gain program, the weight's going to go up because the goal is to add muscle. So, I mean, look at the calories, but then also just prioritize, look at your big picture goal and maybe drop a little fat before, because also just having that, that, uh, um, those contrasting inputs is actually a very good way to continue to move down the path without hitting the wall. Yeah. And from a training standpoint, Ed mentioned that his program is specifically designed for hypertrophy right now. The other concept that he talked about there was, um, I'm under tension and I'm assuming like volume and, and density also go into that as well. Um, now, is there a difference between training for fat loss and training for muscle gain, or is it just a, a difference of kind of the calories that you take in and daily activity? Depends where you are in your process. Um, and it depends on how you're defining these things. So like, I think muscle gain is an easy one. Like you want to gain muscle. But fat loss, people don't always mean fat loss. Some people just want to weigh less. So if you want to weigh less, I think you can do pretty much anything that burns calories, eat clean, move more, and like you're going to weigh less if you find the right balance. And there's nothing else hormonally in the way. Um, if we're talking specifically about fat loss, and this comes directly from like how Alan... Alan Cosgrove will uh, speak about his programming. The idea is that when you're trying to drop fat, you want to maintain as much muscle as possible. So in those introductory programs and our templates are take uh, inspiration from what they do at results fitness and those introductory fat loss and hypertrophy programs are pretty much the same. The difference is outside of nutrition is you might get a little more conditioning work if your goal is fat loss. But in terms of like the reps and the basic structure of the program, it's going to be very much the same because the best way to drop fat and maintain as much muscle as possible is to be in a positive nitrogen balance, have the right calorie balance, and to make sure that you uh, do training that specifically will help you maintain and build muscle. And real quick, just to clear, just to round that out, when you say a positive nitrogen balance, what does that mean to the layman? Eat enough protein. Round three of the lightning round edition of lightning. The of the, I, and I haven't even, I had one cup of coffee and a, uh, a, a uncaffeinated herbal tea. 
I worked out right before we went live before, so I'm still a little jazzed up. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a great segue into the third round for today. And we're, we are introducing a new segment, You're Wrong About. So I, I, I think this is a great place to finish the episode that you're wrong that fitness is the, is the solution, right? So it's, we're still in New Year's time, right? It's still early in the year 2021 if you're hearing this in a time capsule somewhere. And, um, you know, a lot of people are diving into some kind of home fitness program or trying to go to their local gym and trying to make that work for them or trying to find some kind of other alternative to helping themselves be healthier and more fit. But if you've been listening to the podcast, you can probably guess what we're going to say. Fitness is an important thing. It's an important piece of the puzzle, but it might not be the piece that you that's going to get you where you want to go. And I don't know if I used this analogy in an episode we used or if it was in the first attempt at this lightning round that we scrapped, but we've been talking about uh, like a puzzle and it's like the centerpiece. And, you know, fitness is people think of fitness as the centerpiece. Think about it. You don't join like a nutrition center and you're not super excited about joining. A, you don't join a lifestyle center and be like super pumped. I have a lifestyle coach. That's just not how it's traditionally been done. You join a gym. Now, the power of that is a community. Same thing with our online business. The power is the online community relative to the fitness. So I'm not saying it's not important. But I think people look at fitness as the wrong centerpiece. They look at it as the centerpiece of their table, right? Thanksgiving dinner. And like, that is the, that is the attraction other than the food on the table. And I think that actually even rounds out the analogy because people think fitness, nutrition, period. Um, what I look at um, with fitness is it's a centerpiece of a puzzle. Anyone who's a more advanced puzzler, more experienced puzzler, you really should start with the corners. You should start with the edges and then work your way in. So centerpiece might be the last piece. It might be a foundational piece at some point in the process. But if you want to do the process as efficiently as possible, it shouldn't be the focal point. Right. And, and, it, it's, and it's a tough thing for people to wrap their head around. I mean, Ed, for a while, uh, and I, I think actually Ed is a really great person to talk about this because he has made fitness the centerpiece of his table before. I mean, we've done, we've done episodes of the podcast, maybe, maybe before we actually officially made it a podcast, but what he would say, like fitness ha traditionally has been his entry point into changing how he feels. And, and so like, if he, if he doesn't have his fitness going, he has a hard time maintaining his nutrition. He has a hard time sticking to a lot of the lifestyle things that he knows in the back of his head are important, but without the fitness piece, it kind of feels, um, incomplete, right. Which makes sense. But it, it, a lot of people have that feeling that fitness is the driver and then everything kind of supports it. Um, but again, like I was, I said to, um, one of our members recently, I was like, you know, when I was younger trying to lose weight and like be sexy as a 17 year old or whatever, like I lifted weight and this is probably 2001, 2002, uh, Mark McGuire was big and 
I would take like a creatine tablet that I got from GNC. I would lift weights. That's what, that's what did it for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. So I would take one creatine tablet. I would lift like once a month and then I would go outside and push the lawnmower with a sweatshirt on. Cause I figured sweating is really the way that you, that you get lean. And so that's another uh, example of fitness is the solution to you being sexy and lean when really there's so many other things, no matter whether you're 17 years old or you're, uh, you know, a fitness after 40 fanatic, like our members, fitness is helpful, but it's probably not the thing that's going to make you the healthiest version of yourself. Yeah, I agree. And, and we've all, we've all gone down that path. Uh, but one thing Mike said there was uh, being the entry point. There's a big difference between an entry point and a focal point. So if fitness is the way you enter the process, think of it like your house. If you can't get in your house and your child is inside screaming, you can break into that bitch however you want. It's your house. You know, so if you've got to go in the side door, fitness is your side door. If you've got to climb in the window and the only way you could do it, like take fitness out of it for a minute. But I know for me, supplements have always been a thing. They're no, by no means the answer, but it just been a part of my regimen when I'm a healthier person. So taking supplements makes me feel more invested in the process. So we don't care what your entry point is, as long as you can get behind it, you're excited about it, and it's not counterproductive for your goals and your health. But thinking that you're going to train more to solve your problem, you're wrong. Now, thinking you're going to train more and eat more because it's a sustainable way to drive your fitness And you're going to complement that with quality sleep. And you're going to potentially find out if there's any hormonal issues through some blood work. Um, Maybe you're going to start to look at stress reduction and, you know, meditation and all these different strategies. Then hell yeah. But thinking I'm not dropping fat. Think the person that's looking for the solution is not in the process of solving the problem, right? You look for the solution when it's not going the way you want, or you haven't started yet. So if you're not dropping fat or you're not dropping it at the pace you want, working out more is not the answer, even if it works. Now, if you already have all the other shit in check, sometimes the answer is to work out more. My program just went from four to five days to six, but that's because I've had open communication with my coach about the fact that I want to train more. I want to be physically active. I enjoy it. And I'm willing to sacrifice other things in my life to make it happen. But if you think working out two days a week for 50 minutes isn't working and your real answer is to do four days a week for 50 minutes, if you don't address nutrition, you don't address sleep, you don't address stress, you don't find the right balance in your life and you don't have the tough conversations with people you care about, well, you're going to end up failing. And the, the, the hard question we ask people is how's that shit working for you? So, and I guess a better way in this context to say it is how'd that shit work for you in the past? Because saying you lost 30 pounds in two months, three months, six months, a year, and then you didn't keep it off. I'm not judging. I've lost weight and gained it too. That's not the point. But unless there was something abrupt that shook up your process, a major change or something important you had to take care of in your life if it was just like that slow, steady backtrack that people have, then your process probably wasn't right because results that don't last in my mind are not results. So definitely look and like 
how that shit worked for you in the past. Cause if you think it's going to be just fitness again, I think you're wrong. Yeah. And just to recap that. So if we're talking about fitness is not the answer, what are some other things that you should focus on? Ed said it all right there. So nutrition, well, sleep being number one. And I don't think Ed would disagree with that. Again, we, we need you to have an entry point. So if, if fitness is going to be the entry point, cool. Join a napping club. Yeah. Well, that was happening in the city at one point. They used to have like places where they just had like a bunch of beds and you would just like go on your lunch break and take a nap. Um, Talking about the hourly motels? No. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but sleep being number one uh, to, to making you into or helping pu- – helping you become the, the most optimal version of yourself and being definitely one of your solutions. So uh, if you, in the reverse of, of this segment, if you don't think that sleep is the answer, you're wrong about that. Um, I actually just picked up, cause we've talked about it a bunch. I picked up Matthew Walker's book, why we sleep. And I mean, you know, it, it's just, it, he, the cool thing is he says it in the introduction. You can read it in any way, shape or form you want. There, it's not a sequential book where one thing leads to another. So you can just like pick it up and, you know, great thing to read when you're at the doctor's office or other people go to doctor's office anymore, but you get the idea uh, when you're trying to kill time, doctor. Kill, yeah. You're trying to kill time, but sleep, nutrition, hydration, and life balance and will include in that stress management are all those other surrounding pieces of the Thanksgiving table or the, you know, the intricate puzzle that is being a healthy fit individual. Yeah. And we're not like, just to restate what we're both saying here is we're not saying that fitness shouldn't be a part of your process. And we're not saying that it's wrong if fitness is your entry point. But if you just want it to be sustainable, you have to address all the other things. And, and I'm a meathead. My, my process drives around fitness. And in my mind, I'm doing all of the things only to complement what I'm doing in my fitness process. So it's okay if that's the mental approach you take. And honestly, when my program's not challenging and uh, I have trouble doing the other things, but if you think it's just going to be adjust the volume on your fitness on that, you know, that knob, that fitness knob, that's the worst thing I've ever said. No, no more fitness knobs. But if you're going to just turn up or turn down the intensity and frequency of fitness and you think that's going to solve it all, it's not. And that is the lightning round edition of the Fit Source podcast record time. I have 26 minutes and counting as I speak. So well done, Coach Ed. We should maybe do a midday recording of the Fit Source Lightning Round podcast each time. I'm game. Let's do it. All the lightning. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, you can reach us online at fitsourceonline.com and uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And go back and listen to some of our podcasts that we put out that this month and some of the stuff from last month the anti new year's diet is a great place to start if you're looking for where to go uh it's episode 11 uh what to do if if you this intrigues you if fitness isn't the answer then what is check out that podcast got a great a lot of great information in there until next week you will later friends